Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Yeah. I'm Vicki Kosjurek, and I'm here with Daniel Parks. So say hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> so uh, we have a difficult topic today. Yeah. And actually, it just happened again today. So this is a common, common issue as yeah. sidewalk counselors. And the title of, of this podcast and the ar- accompanying article is The Ugly Face of Coercion to Abort. Okay. I remember reading somewhere, um, and don't quote me on this, you'd have to check it out for yourself, but I, it was a staggeringly high number. I think it was 68% of abortions have some form of coercion okay. in them. Yeah. So it's a serious issue. Yeah, I would say that's about right, whether it's coercion yeah. from the father of the baby mm-hmm. or the woman's parents or grandparents or friends or whatever it might be. Coercion's definitely a big factor in the choice to have an abortion. Yeah. And so the this podcast, this article evolved out of an actual case that happened, I think this was a couple weeks ago when I wrote this, and again, it happened again today, very similar. But um, it it often ends, as it did in this case, the way co- coercion often does end, where the, the woman goes through with the abortion. Yeah. Because there's either threats, there are, um, she's going to lose her home, there's something that is of deep enough concern that that vulnerable person... Um, chooses to go ahead with what she oftentimes doesn't want to do. Yeah. She yeah. she knows it's wrong. So I I will preface this by saying it's it leaves you feeling pretty helpless. There there is oftentimes very little that that you can do if unless the woman is willing to say, I need help, I'm being coerced. Um because the police certainly won't act on it if the woman doesn't admit that it's a coercion and the woman is, is often frightened in, into silence. So uh, a similar theme as with um, sexual trafficking, sex trafficking victims, they will not usually tell anyone that they're, that they're being forced into the abortion or sex or whatever uh, because they fear. They fear for the repercussions. So anyway, so so what happened in this case, um, and I think the first thing to to try and understand is how to detect coercion. In this case, it was really obvious. The woman was screaming at the man. She came running out of the abortion center. I tried actually to hand her literature and say we could help her, but she brushed me off ran up the street with the man following her and um and he actually I was already calling out if you're being coerced that's against the law we can help you 
And the pro-abortion crowd was all saying, she's not being coerced. You're just making assumptions. Meanwhile, the, up the street, I saw the guy grab her arm and try to pull her back into the abortion center. So it looks like a pretty clear case of coercion. But they said he he actually wants the baby. He's trying to just get her to go home. You know, you don't know anything, Vicki. Anyway, he actually came back down the street on the other side of the street. The woman remained up the street. I went immediately to the man and I said, is it true that, that you want to save this baby? And he said, heck no, I want her, I want an abortion. And that's why we came all the way from Georgia. Wow. So at that point, um, I returned back up the street to the woman who at that, she softened Immediately, the guy is now staying down the street, and she told me that she actually wanted the baby, and she told me four times, "I want to keep my baby." Yeah. So, um, so it was obviously it was, there's obviously, coercion, right? Obviously, absolutely yeah. no question that this was a case of coercion. Um, and the the boyfriend came back up the street. I had shared our resources. She was ready to walk with me down the street to go on our mobile ultrasound unit. Uh, she she knew my name. We'd we'd been talking a while, and it, I I felt this is a woman who has saved her baby. The baby's yeah. going to be fine, and we'll find help to deal with the coercion from the guy. And um, he he came back up the street and said, "Can I talk to you in a gentle voice with the woman?" And she nodded to me, and I said, "Do you want me just to walk a little bit away?" So I did. I stayed close enough that I don't know what I was going to do. He was a big guy, but so that I was a presence still there, but I couldn't hear them. And um, and whatever he said, pretty much immediately convinced her to go in and have wow. the abortion. And she started, he walked away again. And she said to me, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to go in. And, um, and I, I asked if I talked the three talking points, I went over what we had said, I and then finally asked her if I could pray with her. And she held my hand, she was crying. But she ended up going in. My presumption is he threatened her yeah. and threatened with something that was scary enough for her that she would change her mind that immediately. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that part for a fact. But so that was the story that prompted this. Sad story. I was very upset by it. Um, it, it really was very deflating and thinking there was nothing we could do. She was not calling and asking for help. There was really nothing that we could do. Yeah. So one of the things I did when I was writing and thinking about this was just trying to figure out, well, what can we do? There are some principles that yeah, that we can follow yeah. in, um, in trying to deal with when we know that there is a coercion. Yeah, well, so. we know, according to that statistic that you shared, was it 60%? 68. It's, it's pretty high. I know it's, yeah. it's more than, um, it's almost three quarters. I remember yeah. being shocked by that. Yeah. So in many of the situations that we're encountering, almost three quarters of the situations that we're encountering, there's coercion coercion involved in there. Right. So it's not like there's some kind of silver bullet yeah. that's going to take care of a, co a coercion and remove it completely. Yeah. Um, but I think above and beyond all of the things that you can do is helping remind that mother of why there's conflict, right? Mm -hmm. She had to be coerced into it. She mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, wholesale, I'm ready to have an abortion. So obviously there's conflict there. Right. And I think playing on that, why is there conflict? There's conflict because she recognizes that there's something wrong with abortion. 
And what's wrong with it is that it kills a baby. Right. And so what you have in here is the first point, kind of major principle is appeal to them to the positive reasons why the baby should be saved using the three talking points and calling out to both the man and the woman. I think really focusing on that woman, though, and helping her to remember why she doesn't want to have the abortion because she carries a baby. Right. right? One of the three main talking points there is the humanity of the baby and really focusing on that, helping her to remember that it's a baby and even the coercion, the pressure that he feels from the coercion, actually um, that's that stuff. I don't, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it compa- it pales in comparison to the value of that baby that she, she carries inside of her womb. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think, I think that is <clears throat> the first thing is you're assuming you have not yet separated them. Yeah. You, you weren't able to get them apart because our second point is you should try to get the man alone or the woman alone. To speak, speak with them alone, get, get that coercive influence kind of off to the side, if at all possible. And honestly, these two first points did happen today and were effective. Okay. They were effective. Um, The first one um, I was calling regarding the first point, I was on the microphone and there was clear conflict because the woman was crying. She's getting on and off her phone. Um, She... At at various points, they're yet clearly yelling at each other, and they were in and out of the abortion center a lot. Yeah. And she kept looking at me. They both kept looking at me and occasionally pointing at me when I was speaking on the mic. And I was speaking for probably a full half hour, talking about the three talking points, in case you all don't know those, God, humanity, the baby, and resources. And I talked about our free ultrasound. The woman separated herself from the man at that point yeah. and walked straight to me. And said, can I get that free ultrasound? So we were able to get her alone on the mobile ultrasound unit and speak with her alone. And she definitely wanted the baby, was kind of a, a fallen Christian. She had walked yeah. away from the Lord, but did believe. And so all the wor- all the words about God had had a, an impact yeah. on her. So <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. So talking about the um, trying to get that man away and then appealing to him. As a man. Yeah. Not just to that woman separate from the coercion of the man. Yeah. Yeah. Encouraging him with the fact that he's the father of that baby and he has a responsibility. Um, I think pushing back against the coercion that he's kind of pushing on her. And basically, you have no right to coerce her into killing your own child. I think. Have, Have you had that happen? I would assume you have. Where do you remember a conversation with a man and the sorts of things maybe that I mean, honestly, most of my conversations with men have been along the lines of they don't want her to have the abortion. They would they would prefer that she didn't. And I'm encouraging him to, like, be a man and tell her that. Right. Um, not I don't have an immediate story that comes to mind. I'm, I'm sure over the years I've talked to men along right. these lines that yeah. are trying to coerce her. But typically, honestly, like from man to man, those conversations are more um, it's more of a slight against him if I'm trying to. You tell him you need to stop coercing her. It it creates a pretty hostile situation. So, yep. in those situations, I'm going to be very tactful in the way that I'm presenting and the way that I'm like encouraging him to stop pressuring her to have an abortion. Right? Yeah. You have to be very st- strategic with those conversations. You do, and they're really hard. And I will tell you, in in the case that that happened, uh, that I wrote this about, the man was wearing a big cross around his neck. Yeah. And that made it even harder. I I did actually confront that. And I 
I actually think it is important to confront. If someone is claiming Christ by their jewelry, a tattoo, a whatever, yeah. I think yeah, you I need agree. to say, if, if you are claiming Jesus as your Lord, you can't defend this. Yeah. You can't defend this, this behavior. So um, uh, you when did, to call the police? Really, uh, someone did ask me, why didn't you call the police? Well, she never admitted that it was coercion. Yeah. She said she wanted the baby and that he did not. But she never said, he's forcing me, he's coercing me. She never did anything like that. She never called for help. And she walked without him anywhere. He was still across the street. She walked into the abortion center on yeah. her own. Yeah. And so, so the coercion, and this is often the case, yeah. the coercion is not normally like physically dragging them. Now, we've seen that. We have seen that before. Um, yeah. But normally it's that relational coercion. It's that emotional manipulation, that kind of coercion that goes on. And that's really hard. Like, even if you were to call the police, there's nothing they can do about that. The only coercion, and listen, this is this is even a challenge to get at least our local police to do anything about. Mm -hmm. But the only coercion the pre police are really going to do anything about is when they're physically dragging them into the abortion center. Yeah. And, you know, and, and really, if they're doing that, she would have to be... Um, she would have to be willing to be the one that presses charges. Now, I'm not saying in that situation we shouldn't call the police because I think we should. But still yet, the police, they're going to be limited in what they can do and really limited for many of them in what, they'll, what they actually will do. Now, we have had police officers go into the abortion center and literally talk to the woman, bring her out. Is he coercing you? Is he forcing you to have the abortion? And I've never seen it where they're like, yes, he, he is, right? Most of the time they're like, no. Even though it's obvious. And so he, what you have is this whole emotional, mental game that's going on. And yeah. so how do you combat yeah. that? You can bring the police into the equation, but really you've got to combat that with truth. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to those three talking points. Over and over again, talking uh, talking about God, um, resources, and the humanity of the baby. And that that's in, in both the cases that happened recently. That That is what I did. Um, <clears throat> offering to pray with them. Yeah, is or with not with them necessarily. I, at the point that I prayed, I had her alone. But if you can pray with them, hopefully a man with a man, woman with a woman, restating those arguments, yeah. where where you can hopefully get their um, get them to come alongside to you know to recognizing the sanctity of that child's life. Yeah. But what um what is really sad and is actually not unusual in this particular case there was someone calling herself a pastor who was right on the sidewalk and um and this coercion was happening under her eye yeah. and she was fully supportive of the woman going into abort yeah. she saw the whole thing play out and even had the audacity to say you can talk with me i'm a pastor yeah while yeah. she's walking the woman into yeah, and this, the abortion in, center and this situation is maybe a little unique mm -hmm. this is a pro abort this is one of the pro abort right. volunteers or yeah. the people that support abortion yeah uh <laughs> volunteers who is a pastor and you guys can't see me but i'm doing air quotes right pastor right yeah um <laughs> but you know i'll say that beyond that it being a pro abort I've seen situations where it's not coercion from the pastor, but support of the pastor having an abortion. Like we've talked to women, I know you have, yes, that talk to their pastor and their pastor encouraged them to have an abortion. Right. And that's not necessarily like a direct coercion, but it's not unlike the coercion or, I mean, I don't know what you would call it, maybe just plain out, just negligence. 
yeah. of either doctors, because again, doctors, pastors, people that are in positions of authority and power who um, should do the right thing and should speak the truth, not speaking the truth. And that itself is a form of coercion. It's, it's like having that, that rug of support pulled out from under these women. When again, the pastor should be the one speaking the truth, encouraging her to do what is right and what honors God. In the same way, the doctor should be encouraging her to do what's right, right? What's morally right, what's medically right, like a doctor denying, and many do, but denying that there's a baby there, that this is a human being, is you know scientifically incorrect, right? They know it's alive. And so there's, I don't know if that's coercion or what you would call that. I think it's negligence of their duty. I think negligence is a great word. And and where I was, where my mind was going as you were speaking, I don't know if I brought this out in the article, was that many women will, when I'll say, does your pastor know? Have you spoken to your pastor? And they will say, yeah, he approves. Yeah. And I don't know if that's always the actual case, I think in most cases, it's probably that the pastor has been negligent yeah. on this issue, has not spoken from the pulpit. This is wrong. Right. We will help you if you're in any any situation where you would ever consider abortion. Instead, come to us. And that that is, you know, the mission of love life, that we do want to energize and mobilize the church, that, that pastors are making those statements yeah. regularly so that there is no question in a congregation's mind where— um, Christ followers stand yeah. on this issue. Yeah, yeah. So, I in in the end, you know, it 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 didn't end well. She she, as far as I know, she did go in. She did have our information, and um, and uh, she never did call. Uh, sadly, but uh, if you can get a number and your information into the hand of any woman that's being coerced, uh, you know, hopefully down the road. They they will they will call you, um, but I I really did from from that experience. There were two huge takeaways. One is you do the best you can, and you leave the rest up to the Lord because this is a really hard yeah. situation. But secondly, a call to the church. We need the church to be very vocal and very involved in the whole issue of abortion yeah. or or these sorts of scenarios are are just going to keep being played yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as the church and as pastors and leaders, we need to call men to be men. Yeah. Not to coerce women to have yeah. abortions, but to support them, you know, to take responsibility. This is one of the issues with abortion. This is why we say as an organization, oftentimes that abortion is more of a man's issue than it is a woman's issue. Yeah. Because if that man would stand up, first of all, not take advantage of women, not have sex outside of marriage. Yeah. But even if they do sin and, you know, obviously do what's against the will of God, to take responsibility for their actions. Mm -hmm. Of course, abortion is exactly the opposite of that. It's not taking responsibility. It's being irresponsible and basically paying someone to take care of, you know, quote, the problem. Right. And so I think as a church, we definitely need to call men to be men. Yeah. Uh, a man that coerces his girlfriend into having an abortion is, is not a man, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a boy trapped in a man's body. Yeah. And not that I would say that, not that I wouldn't say that. It depends on the scenario. But either way, the principle stands. These men need to be called to be men. In the same way, friends, family members, this this coercing women to have abortions, this is like 
you know, this is, God has called us to so much more. God had called yeah. us to support these women rather than to encourage them to have abortions or to threaten them if they don't have abortions. Like, you know, we've got to, as a society, do better. We've got to call people to to higher standards, yeah. right? Yeah. I will tell you, there there were some good things that came out of it. One of it um, was that the entire, well, not the entire, there were four or five of the opposition that surrounded me when I went up to talk to the woman. And, um, and they said, you don't have to talk with her. She's a protester. And the woman said, I want to talk with her. Yeah. I want to talk with Vicki. I know that she cares. Yeah. And when the... Uh, pastor in air quotes said you can talk to me i'm a pastor she said no i want my baby i want to talk to vicky so she recognized and it was in front of that group and i think for a group that claims to want to help women that was a wake up call you're not helping women when 70 or some percentage that that's quite high of them are being coerced and you're setting up a climate where they cannot come to the people who are offering help yeah. and the choice for life. You're not helping them. Yeah. They're being yeah. coerced. In yeah. most cases, they're being coerced by someone. Yeah. So. And it dispels that whole lie yeah. that women that come to an abortion center already have their mind made up. Oh, So yeah. such a lie. Yeah. And so, yeah, we hope this podcast episode was a blessing to you guys. And uh, again, we hope that you would share this podcast with other folks. We also encourage you guys to reach out to us if you have any questions or comments, encouragements that have to do with this episode or others. My email address is daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach out to Vicki, Vicki with a Y, at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you